What's going on, everyone? I'm Travis Brown with Eagle alongside sports editor Robert Eagle. We're still here outside Hard Rock Stadium after Texas A&M is downed by Miami here. Uh, Cease, initial reactions to uh, A&M's first loss of the season. Yeah, just a lot of opportunities. It looked like early with the kicking game, getting off to a 10-0 lead, then 17-7. I thought they're on their way to victory, a big victory on the road, but just too many things went wrong, couldn't tackle, couldn't block. Uh, Miami got on a roll and just led to be a disappointing loss. It looked to me like a sunny day in South Beach, so to speak, and then a tornado came in and just took disaster. Uh -huh. Yeah, so, I mean, the two things you, you kind of mentioned there that stood out, A&M's open field tackling, especially in the defensive secondary, and the ability to stop blocks uh, from uh, blitzing, delayed blitzes, especially from linebacker and cornerback, neither one of those were things they could square it away. W which one do you think really hurt them the, the most in this loss? Well, they just couldn't get any pressure on uh, Tyler Van Dyke. What a great game. He had five touchdowns. He threw for like 374. When you look, the stats are misleading. A&M had two sacks, Miami didn't any, but constantly Miami was able to get pressure on Connor Wegman. He threw some outstanding passes tonight considering the pressure, whereas after the first two drives, Van Dyke was in total control. He, he threw to three different receivers, he had checked down, and then A&M couldn't tackle. When he did hit receivers, you know, it's hard to say, but. I think just the fact that Miami had so many big plays through the passing game and A&M couldn't do anything about that. And then the flip side, they couldn't do anything about their pressure. Yeah, uh, Miami averaged 17.8 mm. uh, uh yards per catch in the game. They also had, when you go back to that open field tackling, of their over 300 passing yards, 240 of it was yards after the catch. Wow. Uh, it, it just was not great. And then they, they built their game plan around getting the ball to the outsides of the field to isolate those outside defenders, make them tackle in space and they just couldn't really do it tonight. You mentioned Connor Wegman. He, he had two interceptions, his first two college interceptions today, but you really can't fault the guy. The first one was on a pass that Anaya Smith slipped in the middle of the field when he was wide open in space, and it just went right into the, the defender uh, kitchen's uh, bread basket. And then uh, the, the second one was a, a last-ditch effort at the end of the game uh, just to try, to try to throw something up and make something happen. Um, what did you see from Wegman today? Because it sure didn't seem like it was his fault with a lot of this. Yeah, a couple times. One time he was, he was, looked like he was gonna get sacked, pressure, dumped off the pass, uh, you know, to Reuben Owens, who made a nice play. Another time he gets ripped after he throws on fourth and nine, the touchdown in the back of the end zone uh, to, to Noah. That, that, was, that was just great. He made so many good throws, but you worry about getting the SEC play, if he doesn't get better blocking or they figure those schemes out, he's going to get beat up. Mm -hmm. uh, he must have taken at least nine or ten really good hits tonight. You don't want your quarterback doing that, but you do admire him if you're a player the way he threw the ball tonight. I mean, Layden Robinson backed him up and said, he's our leader, he's our guy, he's going to be good this season. Uh, he said, we, we as in the offensive line and everyone else have to do a better job of supporting him because uh, he, he did uh, he did have a good job out there. When you look at the, the scheme, I mean, we have a lot to talk about with what Mario Cristobal and his staff did, whether it was isolating those defenders, whether it was dialing up blitzes. And, you know, uh, Layden Robinson talked about the, the, the eye candy, as Jimbo Fisher likes to say, when they were doing twists and stunts and shifts uh, before the, 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 the snap happened. Uh, when you look at A&M and their, their kind of inability to react, how much do you put this on coaching scheme in this game as much as you want to praise Cristobal, for them, how much do you do you uh, downgrade Jimbo and his staff? Well, I think you you got to give him 
some failing marks because Miami was missing their two best defensive linemen in the second half going in, and that was a concern talking to the Miami riders up, and even they said on national TV, and I felt that's an advantage for A&M, even though Miami came back to take the lead. I said, they're missing two guys. It's going to be hard for them to get pressure. Maybe A&M can run the ball. None of those happened. And, you know, and when you think, how can that not happen when, when they're missing those two defensive guys? And then you look, uh, you know, once again, is they were able to constantly pick the wide, one wide receiver that was open, whether it was Van Dyke or whether that was the scheme, whether as A&M wasn't able to do that same thing. They didn't know where the pressure was coming on the running plays or what have you, or else they'd have done a better job on running. But sometimes if the blocking's not there, the initial point of attack, you're going to have problems. So it'll be interesting when they look at the film, but moving forward, A&M's got things to clean up. We saw a lot of good stuff tonight. They did some things, if they'd have won, we'd have been talking about, oh man, they went to Miami, they won, you know, 32, 33, what a game. But no, we're talking about getting blown out at the end, 48, 33, and it wasn't blown out. I heard one of the TV announcers at the end talking about A&M getting blown out. People look at the last score. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for A&M, I think Miami scored on seven, seven of their last nine drives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, scheme-wise, I think it's interesting that when we were asked Jimbo Fisher about um, the guys who were coming free while A&M was on offense, he said, well, you know, if we uh, blocked five, they brought six. And that's just how the numbers work. If it was that easy, you would think, well, why doesn't DJ Durkin uh, call up and dial up a few more blitzes, put some more pressure on there? I think there, at least A&M fans probably want to see a little bit more pressure from the defense on the quarterback. They were able to dial it up a little bit uh, just from the normal pass rush. Uh, they're at the end of the first half, but but uh, Tyler Van uh, Dyke had way too much time to throw in this game. Yeah, without a doubt, if you got a great to coach, you got to give Miami the plus because it was 10 nothing in 17-7. That usually leads up to losses, even at home. And A&M maybe makes one or two good plays. They might be up by three scores, but they weren't able to do it. It's you got to have coaching, you got to have players. And A&M wasn't in tune and able to pull this game out because you, you look, Miami had seven plays for 13 yards in the third quarter, and still were all up like 431 yards, no turnovers, and they score 48 points. So. A&M's got work to do, but I think you touched on it when we were talking. You know, they did a lot of good things, and it'd be interesting to see where they go from here and how, how they fine-tune that. Yeah, it wasn't as uh, – when you look at last year's team compared to this year's team, last year's team, the offensive line just flat-out couldn't block. They had big-time issues in run defense and uh, a lot of things. I think when you look at this game, open field tackling, on the surface, you feel like is a thing that can be improved week to week. When you look at – chipping and, and getting the extra schematics in there to block a guy who's who's blitzing free, you think that could be a thing that's fixed week to week. I, I see where progress can be made. Uh, it, it's just if the coaching staff can can teach that and if it can get soaked in and, and move forward. A couple of housekeeping things. Uh, Le'Veon uh, Moss, the running back, Jimbo Fisher said he was unavailable today because of injury. And then Micah Tease, who was suspended uh, for a, a, a drug arrest a couple a week and a half ago was in, suspended indefinitely. He suited out for the game today, was out there. Jimbo Fisher said they hadn't worked him back into practice fully enough to put him out there in the game, but they'd be working out. Didn't actually clarify, though, if his suspension was up or not, but said they were working him back into the game. So uh, that's about all the time we have here. We need to go find some great, uh, fine Miami cuisine that's still open at this late hour. Uh, but be sure to check theeagle.com for our uh, stories and analysis from the game tonight. And we'll be back next week to talk more about this game. 
game and look ahead to Louisiana Monroe. Thanks, everybody.